Hello, hello, welcome, welcome to the Point 99 podcast, episode four of season four. We're fast approaching the halfway point of the season already, and it feels like just yesterday I was speaking to Carl ahead of episode one. Hopefully it isn't a sign of the year passing in the blink of an eye. It is a sombre start to the episode today as I pay respect to Kelvin Kiptum, who many of you will have heard sadly passed away at the weekend. It was undoubtedly going to be a ferocious battle for the world record this year between several remarkable athletes, including Kelvin. It's sad to hear of Kelvin's passing, the current men's marathon record holder of 2 hours and 35 seconds, and the course record holder at the London Marathon. He had his life cut short at such a young age and definitely had an exceptional career ahead of him. It's a stark reminder that life is fragile, so try to live it to its fullest in the time that you have. Embrace the challenges, the goals you set your sights upon and look after yourself. To quote Ian Runs and Cycles, who summed it all up perfectly. Tomorrow is never given. Do the things today. My thoughts are with those affected by this tragic loss. For those unfamiliar with the show though, The Point 99 podcast is a running podcast for all runners, but particularly the everyday runners out there. If you're new to running or to the podcast, we hope to have guests topics and discussions that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. For any seasoned runners and listeners, maybe we'll have some stories that will have you empathising with our experiences and predicaments. No matter if it's lessons we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories or heartstring pulling moments. We hope you'll stick with us while we try share some good vibes, motivation and positivity and hopefully we can have a laugh along the way. From the sad to the happy and the overwhelmingly positive response received to the last episode, the community came out in force to tune in for my chat with Nikki Sheridan, Nick Knack Mara Runs. After David took the top spot on day one listens and downloads for a guest just the week prior, Nikki stole that mantle and was last seen legging it down towards the John Muir way with it. I'm so, so glad that the response has been as great as it has for Nikki. I've said it before and I'll say it again. She's one of the stars of the community and an all-round diamond lass. Even before we hit record, she was super excited to hear that I have my next visit to her neck of the woods booked into the diary. And she lined herself up to have a meet-up and social run if we could manage it. I'll likely put something up on my socials and in the cult nearer to the time, but I'm not looking for any spotlight attention. It's just not me. I'd rather fly under the radar with the visit, but since the cat's out of the bag to Nikki, I'll just have to roll with it. Unfortunately, or in my case, fortunately, it is a midweek visit, so... If nobody's available, it's no great loss to their day. Keep your comments and thoughts on the episode coming in though and remember to tag the podcast in any stories so I can share the love myself and my appreciation back to you all. But more importantly, let Nikki have as much love as you can muster. On to the rest of the community and there was some action going down at the Davila Forest Trail Race. Resident community banter lord Jace Woods, the Edinburgh runner, was getting down and dirty at the sodden 15km event. It might not have been the right shoe selection for him, but it was still a great time that he bagged. New face to the 99 pod, Jim Boyle was also in attendance, looking like he was gliding over the mud, but as a fellow Dons fan, I can only assume that the righteous walk above the muck. Rachel McPherson and James Gow, better known as Jimmy Bunter, were also down for a dirty weekend in the woods as well at the event. 
By all accounts, everyone had a blast, even with the messy looking course conditions. But mentioning Jimmy, he was rapid with his submission to this week's question. If you could run only one of the world majors, which would it be? Even if you've run any of them before, pretend that you haven't and expect never to do any of the others ever. Now, I should have known that there would have been someone, especially a Traily Ultra type, who would have found a loophole in the question and Jimmy was the man to do so. So James slid into the DMs and firstly praised the pod for making work a little bit more bearable. His choice event, though, was the UTMB Mont Blanc, a World Series major ultra marathon. His reasoning was that you're running on the same trail that has seen giants of the sport. And for him, that's awesome. For that period, you are with them on the same journey. It's also the pinnacle of the ultra calendar, putting your body through hell and joining the list of people who can say, I've done it. If your idea of fun is like Jimmy's and you like putting your body through hell, then I expect there's a list for you all somewhere out there. But this also might be an aspiration for you all as well. Back to the cool gang, the road running crew. I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, First up, we have James McQuillan, whose choice is New York as it is so iconic. Rapid Edinburgh runner A.B. McCracken's response hurts him to answer as he's been refused twice in the ballot and once for good for age. Now, I cut off there, but I was pretty sure I knew what was coming next and his follow-up DM was spot on to what I was thinking. It would be London for A.B. as he feels that's the number one race in the world just now and it would be amazing to say that he has done it. That is actually also the same place that our big Bob Burrell, the Kilsyth runner, would choose. It has to be Landon. Fingers crossed he can return one day. And since Bob and AB are going to have to get a running date set up fairly soon, that kind of works out quite well there. Episode two's guest, David Wright's choice, is exactly the same as what I would choose myself, Tokyo. His reasoning is that it is totally different in its whole experience than any of the others and it would be a great opportunity to travel. Our man in Saudi, Doug, would choose Chicago. I can only assume, because he didn't give a reason, that it's to be as close as possible to the pre and post carb loading opportunities that are the Chicago deep dish pizza. It's also... A catch up here for Doug's submission to last week's question as I kind of recorded a little bit too quick to catch it, but he would choose Liz McColgan for that one. DC born to run, Ant would choose Boston. Now it's relatively close in his neck of the woods. I know where he kind of resides and in American terms, it is just a stone's throw from him. Uh, He says as a slower runner, the ultimate goal is to qualify for Boston. Now, finally, we have the flyer from Florence. Stuart runs a lot, that he does. NYC, the Big Apple. It's his second favourite city, so it'd have to be there. Plus the fact you run through the five boroughs. I did check with Stuart to see what his number one city was and of course it is the magical Florence after the stunning performance that he blasted out on its picturesque streets. What question do I have for episode five then? It's getting harder for me to think of anything myself so if you do have anything you'd like to set help us out and drop it over in a DM. I do have one for this week and it's inspired by the nutter Russell Cook, who is running the length of Africa. So I'm asking you if you had the opportunity to run the length of any country, saying country, not continent here, where would you choose? Money, gear, food, everything would be covered. You just choose the destination and you can take as long as you want. 
As usual, the submissions will be up on Monday with next week's guest announcement, but you can always drop it in while it's fresh in your head in the DMs if you want to. Talking guests, we'll get on to this week's in just a moment. First though, what has been happening in my own running world? It's much the same as usual, really, but back into the swing of things now that the weather seems to have calmed down a little bit. Fingers crossed that it lasts, though. I did strap on the alphas and took off for a half marathon effort at the weekend and cruised to my third fastest 15k, 20k, 10 mile and half marathon efforts. I aimed for a gentle climb in the first quarter of the run, taking it nice and steady and then on the way back lifted the feet, giving it a little bit more puff. I definitely wasn't out of breath or blowing out my backside when I finished so it's looking good for my March effort. Once again, if it doesn't fall into place during Inverness, there will always be other days. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it or worry about it. It's a new year, new mindset for me. But let's get on to this week's guest and find out about their running. Now, I'm just going to let the introduction I read to the man himself during our chat do the talking but let me know what you think once you've heard it and I'll catch you on the other side of this interview. From an ultra new start in episode three to someone who you could easily mistake for having more years of running ultras under his belt than he actually has. This man has already tackled several grueling ultra marathon events in a short space of time and will undoubtedly have more bagged before the year is done. Ultras aside, I've had the pleasure of meeting him in the flesh and I have to say he's one of life's good eggs. Not only is he a font of nutritional knowledge, being a man of a million meals in one day, but regularly has a smile to brighten your mood and a kind word when you're needing to be raised up. But whether he's winging it down the wall, adventuring in Aaron or gunning it along the Great Glen, he's getting it done and then some. So join me in welcoming the man who swapped rucking for running as we scratch the surface on how it all began and how the future shaping up for Gary underscore runs underscore Gary Dempsey. Wow, that was, that was very kind. <laughs> I, I'm never sure how, how they're going to go down those intros. I, 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 I kind of rack my brain to try and get as nice as possible. I like that you got a bit in about how much food I eat as well. <laughs> I mean, we'll come to that, but you do <laughs> like your food. You do. You were setting a, a good pace on the on the meals at the twenty four. Yeah, yeah, that that was the main goal to see how much I could eat for twenty four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting on, my friend? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, just uh, working away, running. That's about it. Ugh, what better life is there? No, I know. <laughs> um, so it's early on in the week this week, so you're bang on, ready for ready for this episode. Um, so I don't know whether you've been out for one today or not, but have you been running? I have, yeah. It was just a, an easy 5K today. Um, I've been having a little issue with my hamstring a bit tight, so just pulling back a bit at, at the moment just to see how it goes on this week. Um, Listen yeah, up a wee bit. Yeah, no, it felt okay today. It was just, a, like I said, an easy 5K. So, um, but yeah, it actually felt really good today. So hopefully um, by the end of this easy week, I'll be ready to start building next week again. So it's not much mileage on the plan, no? No, not much this week. Um, a couple of um, workouts, um, yoga, and uh, yeah, just a bit of work on the hamstring um, and a couple of runs in there. Um, I think good I've got stuff. a 12-hour run on Saturday. Um but yeah, that would just be nice and easy. So, um, grand, yeah. Got to look forward to those easy weeks when they come, aren't you? Yeah, I know that when I when I've gotten hard, we have had some hard weeks. I'm lucky enough to have a great coach now, um, and yeah, she she puts in some hard stuff. But I, I absolutely love the hard stuff as well. So, um, but yeah, we need the easy weeks as well to to help the body build on the the hard weeks. So yeah, I'll take it while it's here. So. I kind of alluded to it there, but kind of in the intro, you've not been running for all that long. 
Um, so before I get to like finding out a little bit more about that, have you had the, the, the coach for long then, or is it a new kind of development in your running? Yeah. So it was just around about um, the start of October. So it was the, um, the week of Glasgow, Edinburgh. Um, I spoke to her the weekend before, I think it was. Um, so it's, it's Karen Nichols. So it's her and Debbie Martin-Sani that have the world heart runners and, um, yeah, so we'd started the week after then. So it's not been too long, but um, yeah, the difference I can feel already. And she's an amazing person. She's probably the most positive person I've ever met in my life. Um, and, and it's great to have her there to to help me build each week at the moment. Because up until that point, I was just doing things on my own. Um, so I have that structure there. I don't need someone to help me get out the door because I've got, I'm fortunate enough to have that in myself. But um, I just need someone to help me with that structure there, and that's exactly what what she does for me. Makes things easier, doesn't it, when you have someone telling you exactly how far they would like you to go? Yeah, and you don't have well, to think about that part yourself. Totally, yeah. And I know that sometimes I can get, I can do a bit too much. Sometimes you know it's not all about you know hitting the highest mileage or the hardest run. Sometimes it's about just doing the 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 quality. And, and pulling back in the mileage and she's made sure that um that I've done that as well. And you can see my stats building each week. So it's it's all definitely working anyway. Good stuff. Good stuff. I've been scrolling through your uh, your Instagram though, um, as I do for for most guests. Some guests I know a lot better than others. And we have met and we have had a little bit of at least a few days together, but we're still kind of relatively strangers as well. Yep. Um, but you, you're still kind of you don't have that much on Instagram. I kind of touched on that when our pre-chat, but at the same time, what you do have are some really kind of phenomenal events in a, such a short space of time, and it is all predominantly ultra. So first off, um, can you kind of give some background as to how you got started with running? more so probably the ultra running because it's all part and parcel um but also a little bit of background about what your base foundation of fitness came from were you sporty as a, a child growing up and kind of just along that sort of lines yeah yeah so my main sport my whole life really has been rugby um i started playing when i was eight i was a little bit wild at that point and um when my friends played rugby and i went along to that and yeah, I just, I, I loved it. It just became my life. Um, played, yeah, from then right up until COVID came about. Um, during that time, I think it was 2014, um, I decided to run Edinburgh Half, and that was to raise money for Parkinson's. My my dad has Parkinson's, so I wanted to do something for, for the charity. I went along and done that without any training really um, <laughs> I, I just thought you know I've got a decent fitness let's let's go for this um, I've done okay I've done it in one four seven, I think um, but I was absolutely broken mm-hmm. and I thought you know I didn't raise much either so I went and done it the next year again didn't really train for it um, but I'd done a couple of runs I think three four miles and I'd done it one three six, and I was pretty, pretty happy with that and I wasn't quite as broken but I couldn't walk for a few days um, raised a little bit more money, but I still wasn't happy with what I was raising. So I thought I'd seen this thing called the wall. So I thought I'm going to give that a go. So that's the 70 mile ultra. So that was in 2016. So I'd done that again. I didn't really train much for that. I looked back <laughs> a couple of years ago at what I'd done. And I think I had something like I had quite a few runs, maybe five or six runs around the five mile mark two or three around the eight mile, and I think only one or two around 10, 11 miles. Um, so for for going for what I had to that was, yeah, it, it definitely wasn't wasn't much training. Um, but then that was me. I was still playing rugby, and these were just things to, you know, raise money for Parkinson's, and, and I had raised a lot more that time doing the wall. Um, so that was kind of the end of it. I thought that would be me done with running. Um, you know, as I say, I never picked up that bug to run. I never yeah. kept it going. It was always just, you know, rugby, and this was just something else um, for for charity. But then lockdown came about, and at this point, I was in my my final year 
at uni as well. So I always thought that once I finished uni, I would probably pull back, um, not quite play at the same level and 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 train as much. But then that that cut cut short that year, that that last season. Then I decided to, you know, maybe take up. Well, I was doing a bit of you know home workouts like a lot of us were doing. You know, a lot of burpees, squat jumps, and I was lucky enough to have a lot of weights in the house. Mm. And uh, at the point, I was actually between going to start doing CrossFit or getting to running. And it was just another chat with my dad one day. I'd said about the wall. And I thought, you know, I wonder what I could do if I actually trained for it. And at this point, it was the August, what would it have been, 2020. Um, so I did. I remember it was a really hot day. I went out and ran two miles, probably as hard as I could, and I was dead. Um, oh, it took so much out of me, but I'd signed up for the wall again. And, and I trained well. I had a bit of an issue the couple of weeks before, but um, I took quite a lot, lot of my time there and I just, uh, yeah, massively picked up this bug for running ultras and suppose that's, the rest of the kind of thing. That's insane. I knew you'd done the wall. I thought you'd only done it yeah. once. That's crazy. No, well, I've actually, yeah, I've done it three times now. So wow. I've done it the, yeah, I've done it the year after that again, but each time I've done it, I always had, obviously the first time I didn't really train for it. Um, the second time I did do training, but I had, um, I think that was my, I can't remember, I had something three weeks before. Oh no, that that was my my ankle, I think. And then when I'd done it the last year, so that would have been 22, 2022 I'd done it, um, was when I'd done my, my knee when I had started and I couldn't run for two or three weeks before it. Um, but each time yeah, I'd, I'd done better and a lot of it was to do with just getting better at you know, the, what to do on the day. So, like, checkpoints and, and, you know, that that kind of thing. It wasn't always necessarily that I was becoming a better runner. I was just, I had more knowledge about what to do on the day, how to fuel, um, yeah, don't spend too long on the checkpoints, these kind of things. Um, and yeah, the terrain as well. Because yeah. we've had the conversation with Mike Houston about the wall and how grueling that, there's one particular section yeah. that's just, like, it will. It's like hitting the wall. Well, that, that's actually my favourite section. <laughs> I, I love that part. So yeah, right. So I think it starts around the marathon mark and it goes on for ten, maybe more miles, yeah. if I remember right. Um, it's between checkpoint to checkpoint, um, and yeah, I, I love that part because it's when you get into the hills and the trails, and um, and that's what I love. A lot of that's road, um, and I thought I wasn't built for that until the recent um, Glasgow Edinburgh went quite well, but it's what I love anyway. It's been on the trails and in the hills, so yeah, I absolutely love that part. You've just covered something because you you mentioned about the fitness during lockdown and the weights and stuff, and you've obviously seen uh, your build as well because you are quite a, a well built guy. Obviously, you have to be with rugby, but you certainly don't. I think from the outside perspective, look like a runner as like the stereotypical like myself kind of yeah. tall lanky weighing nothing so how do you find that your your kind of more muscular physique uh, handles handles kind of some of these events yeah i think it's it's definitely a factor that's against me um i know so in the grand scheme of thing bmi is not a, a good marker for a lot of things However, my BMI is, you know, sits up around the overweight to obese category, mm -hmm. which, yeah. you know, looking at me, you won't see that. Like you say, you know, um, body composition comes into that, looking at, at muscle and things. But when you're looking at doing long distance or ultra long distance events, that's quite a lot of extra weight going through my body. So, yeah, I know that that would definitely help me losing a bit, but I think it also helps me when I'm doing things like hills and you know I've got that extra strength in my legs um, so I don't know I think it's a, a, a bit of both I know that I could definitely be a lot faster if I lost a good few kilograms but also I'm, I'm used to having this this size as well and it would be it, it would be quite difficult and I wouldn't feel as comfortable in myself I suppose as well yeah. if I lost that amount of weight um, so it's about getting that balance I think for myself You've maybe got more in the tank as well when it comes to an ultra, because you're carrying that a little bit more. Yeah. You've got that more physicality to you. You can you can store a lot more energy than say someone who is like too thin 
and running an ultra, running a marathon, let alone an ultra, would drain them uh, to to have nothing left in the tank. So I don't know. I, I know myself that BMI is a bit of an odd marker sometimes because even fairly recently I was classed as overweight because of just how tall I am and the weight yeah. I was. It's it's not a, it's not a great kind of marker, but um, so I mean. With um, with all of that as well, and, and having having the rugby player kind of background, um, and you've mentioned the wall three times. Yeah. Can you walk us through some of the other events that you've knocked out as well? And like you say, it's, I didn't realize it was so early, um, but still, you're kind of the main drive as an ultra runner came from lockdown. So it's been a, sh- a very short space of time. You've crammed in quite a lot of like really amazing events. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, through my although I'd done the two half marathons years ago, yeah, I, I pretty much just threw myself in at the wall. That was I, I see that as my first event as a runner because before then I was still a rugby player. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really a runner. Um, but yeah, after that, I, I then done um, the Ultra Tour of Edinburgh. It was the last one then. That was a thirty-three mile, I think. And then I done Ultra Tour Aran, which is a two day. It's probably one of my favourite races. That island, yeah, it's just it's an amazing little island, and I've done that twice as well. Um, and then yeah, I've done the Glasgow Edinburgh twice. Um, Falkirk Ultra, I've done that twice. And then my big one last year was the the Great Glen Way, um, mm-hmm. which is similar distance to the Wall. It's a couple miles more, so it's seventy three miles, but the elevation is brutal on it. Yeah. Um, the second half, and even looking at the numbers, so I think it's less than 10,000 feet elevation, if I remember right, which isn't a huge amount over that that distance, but it's how steep it is as well. It's it's quite unforgiving, your quads, and, and I went hard on some of it, and I went I went out far too fast, um, and I was also being sick from 10 miles, and I... I I didn't really eat much. I didn't actually eat anything until about thirty-five miles in when I had half a pot noodle. Um, <laughs> that sound like you? You won't be surprised here that was had a pot noodle. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, even fluids, I couldn't take on anything. So um, yeah, that that was a tough one. I learned a lot there. It's it's a one a.m. start as well. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a great sleep the night before, and I had all the travelling up. And then yeah, by the time I got to about fifty-five miles, I started seen things and falling asleep on my feet and uh, yeah I didn't, I didn't eat enough at all through that event so that was a, a massive learning curve anyway um, but yeah I, I still absolutely loved it I love going to that place where you not know, a lot of people will go you know you're and yeah falling asleep on my feet with however this many is, it's an experience isn't it oh, it's, yeah I've never had anything quite and I always kind of wanted to get to that you know to the place where you are seeing things, it wasn't hallucinating, I was seeing things that weren't there, it was seeing things like trees or, you know, stuff that were there and they looked like something else to me Um, like I had seen this tree and it looked like a big King Kong and it was all a bit (laughs) it looked like um, all these mice and I thought I'd seen a lion and so yeah, it was was a bit (laughs) surreal Um, and and yeah, but still to to then get to the finish line of that when I was absolutely broken was um, Oh, it just there's no feeling like it. It's... We had a conversation recently about that because I'm 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 kind of toying with the idea of signing up for an ultra at some point. But I also yeah. have set goals this year, and you'd recommended the the second half of the Great Glen, but also with the proximity to one of my goals this year. You said maybe maybe not maybe not advisable, especially given when you look at your account and you look at the post for the Great Glen that second section has a horrendous climb yeah. at one point. And I think anyone that's interested to, to see what, what kind of Gary's put himself through, go and have a look at one of his pinned um, posts at the top and it will show you the elevation graph. And there's a video as well of just how destroyed you look coming across that line. Oh, I, I remember coming up to that part and a guy shouted to me because you, you've got a, the 400 meter track to yeah. go around and he shouted to me, this is going to be the easiest 400 meters of your life. Oh, honestly, I've never, so there's that, the track around um, at the Glasgow Edinburgh and I felt amazing going around that this year, especially. But, oh, that track, it felt like it went on for 400 miles, never mind 400 meters. And I was in bits, like every step 
or up until that point, there was a bit that, so two miles before the finish line, you come down this very steep hill that goes on forever. And I think I'd done something like a 20 minute mile coming down there because it was so sore just taking a step going down. Yeah. And normally that you would, God, I would have been, I don't know, like less than half of that anyway, coming down. Um, so yeah, just end every step. So yeah, you can see it in my body and my face when I'm I'm coming over there that I was in so much pain. Um, but it was worth it. I was going to say, look, you're you're not you're not really talking it up here, but you're also talking about it so highly as an event that absolutely destroyed you. But you can yeah. still hear that that you obviously should be proud of yourself for doing it. But you just you sound so happy about the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here talking about it with a smile on my face because, <laughs> I, and, and I don't know what it's about. And people at work and, and in daily life ask me why, why do you put yourself through these things? And it's a difficult question to answer. I always say that, you know, we're we get things so easy nowadays. I jump in my car to go to work. We go to the supermarket to buy our food. Mm. We sit and watch our tellies. You know, it's I think we get it easy. And and I like to put myself in that place to see how my body does when, you know, times are really hard and yeah, not not many people get the, the chance to put their body in that place and, um, you know, there's a lot of people that struggle to walk, never mind run, so, you know, I'm quite privileged to, to be able to put my, my body through that and, and see what I can do, so, yeah, it, it makes me happy and I, and I love doing it, so. That's so, so kind of spooky because just on my my run yesterday I was thinking that we have life so easy now whereas our grandparents and great-grandparents wouldn't have had it nearly as easy they would have had to walk a lot of these distances to get from A to B they wouldn't have just been able to pop down the shops and get what they wanted the luxuries in life so when you say it like that that's actually that's really nice that you you're, you're not taking life for granted you're going and doing the things that might have actually had to be the way of life before. The medals must help, though. I mean, we all like a nice medal, <laughs> <laughs> especially that Glasgow to Edinburgh one. Oh, it's a, it's a monster that one. Um, yeah, it's a very nice one. Um, and then the 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 Great Glen. It's a and it's an old sorry Scottish ultra thing, but it's a whiskey glass that you get. Um, nice. And that yeah, that's sitting pride like sitting in, um, on my table just next to me actually like it, it's a uh, yeah it's a special thing to have and yeah you're right you know the medals are you know like you're saying the Glasgow Edinburgh looks amazing but it's more about you know looking at the medals and the the times that you you know the what you went through to get them mm-hmm. as well that that's what you know means a lot to me anyway but but yeah like the yeah that one or the blades one that spins you know they're always going to be <laughs> Good as well. More, more the memories than the medals, but the medals help. Oh, definitely. Well, well, like a good shiny medal. And I, I think one that kind of got me as well is that the trio medal that you've got. The is it the rat race? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what. So the first year, like when it came to lockdown, when I when I done the wall, I got one segment of that, and then I thought oh, that would be cool to get them all. And when I looked at it, it was the Ultra Tour at and, and the Ultra Tour of Edinburgh. And the Edinburgh was in the, that October, and that was the last one. And then Aaron was in April. And uh, Aaron isn't a, exactly cheap as well. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'd, I'd ended up, um, someone was selling their place to Edinburgh. So um, I managed to get that. And then um, Rat Race do things where you can pay up for Aaron. So, yeah, I managed to get both of them. But that... I think that was getting them early on as well, and I had in my head right after the wall, you know, I'd quite like to get this, yeah, this trio medal, and um, it would be quite a cool thing to have. So I signed up for them pretty quickly after, and and that was it. I think that was, I think that's the thing is I've always had the next, the next event to look forward to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from well, saying that the last I had a few months there at the end of the year when I was waiting on the ballot coming in, um. For the West Highland Way, but um, but yeah, pretty much the rest of the time I've always had you know the next thing in the calendar. So with combination medals and and always having something to think like another event on the horizon to think about, would and I can't remember the name of the medal or the series that she did, but Tanya 
Carmona when she was on in whatever season, season two she was on. And she did, I think it was six. Sorry about that, the doorbell going. Um, she did six events in, I think, the year. And she got like a special mega medal for doing that. Is that maybe the, the, the UK Ultra Series yeah. or something? Which yeah, something like GP, that. Yeah, yeah, GP Ultra. So it's the same people who've done Glasgow Edinburgh. So yeah, I have looked at that. So you can do either the, the 50 or the 100. Um, and I, I'm sure it was the, the 50 that she'd done. I think it's five that you, that you can mm-hmm. pick out, six or seven. Yeah. Um, and then the 100, I think it's four you do for it. Um, but yeah, that that's definitely something that, that I've looked at. Um, but yeah, it's not the, it's not quite in my plan. I've got a bit of a plan for the next couple of years. Okay. And yeah, I couldn't fit that in there, but it's definitely something that, that I've looked at and, and thought about. Um, something to build to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We've um, covered a little bit of the ribbing that you kind of got, not just from myself, but (laughs) from a few of the folks. So you were along at the the Loch Ness 24 with myself and with a lot of other people forming the Dibbers, and you did get a ribbon for seemingly eating all the time. Uh, Every time you came into that tent, you always had a pot noodle or something in your hand. The background you have, though, as a as a dietitian and diet, was it dietetics you said earlier? Yeah, um, that must help immensely when it comes to ultra fueling. Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's difficult because a, a lot of and yeah, you're right. I did. Um, I, I ate a lot there, and yeah, I do in general in life eat a lot of food. I love food. I talk about food all day. I think about it all day. So, yeah, that's <laughs> probably part of it. Um, but, yeah, obviously I have the the background and the knowledge, and it, and it is like clinical dietetics. I do. I don't do sports dietetics. But, obviously, from my, my own knowledge, I do a lot of reading around that as well. Um, but, yeah, I, one of the hardest things about ultra running nutrition is – finding what works for you and what you can tolerate and it's not always that simple where you know we try things and i'm not great and it's one thing actually i had three things that i spoke to kaz and my coach about um at the start of the year that we're going to work on and that's one of them um is my my nutrition and it's more about using it on my long runs and and because i can go out some long runs and, and not eat much um and you know, we're, we're not only training the legs, we need to train our gut as well to get used to it. So, um, yeah, I think it does It does help to a certain extent because I know what should be aiming for and what should be doing. But, mm. yeah, it, unfortunately, it's not always that simple, is it? Um, no, no, that's I've true. Had, I've had quite a lot of issues with, yeah, being sick and things as well. And, and I've found out the some of the sort of triggers that, that, that I have that, that was making me be sick and, and I've pulled them out. And thankfully... Um, the last two ultras I've done, I haven't been sick, so um, hopefully that's a, a good sign that I'm I'm going in the right direction with that. Um, but yeah, it's just about playing out about the things on your your long run, and uh, if you get a 24 hour event and a team, just eat as much as you can and see what you can tolerate. <laughs> well, obviously the, the the week didn't go that weekend didn't necessarily go um, the way that you wanted it to, but I, I suppose we've covered we've covered probably what was the cause of that would be in the Great Glen and. Um, I touched that I've got a big goal this year is the duo mixed duos for the yeah. 24 with um, um, why can't I forget? Well, I've forgotten her name, Lorna. Lorna, that's it, yeah. Well, that's you sacked. That's me, definitely. She's gonna beat me up now. You can tell my mind's trying to work overtime here. So, I've got I've got this big goal with Lorna for the, the mixed, mixed doubles, yeah. Um, so you'd advise like the great Glenn. So aim for it in the future but maybe not so close to the 24 but of course you did the Great Glen last year and even further than I would ever consider doing to then come to the 24 you got a flyer with Nick and Jamie you you were absolutely yeah. bossing it you were at one point in contention for a podium but unfortunately things don't always go to plan like you kind of said there as well um, and then you end up eating all the time how did it feel with that, what was the mindset you kind of got to to have that knowledge and restraint to say, you know, that's enough, but then also yeah. to sit and watch the boys finish off? Yeah, it, it was quite a difficult one because 
I am a very competitive person, like, I, and I know in ultra running, I'm. It's very unlikely that I'm going to be pushing the guys at the podium, but I'm looking to push myself and race the people that's around me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so when we went into that, I thought, you know, doing it as part of a team, I'm just going to go out there and run and have fun. And I went pretty hard and on all the laps that I'd done, but the final lap that I'd done, and even before that, I think even a couple of weeks before that, I felt this little bit in my Achilles, mm-hmm. which I've never had before. And I think it was going into the final lap was when it just started getting dark and even colder. And and obviously it was so wet that weekend as well. Yeah. And I think it was just a, a mixture of all. I mean, I start because we were doing, um, like each time we went out, we were doing two laps. So the first lap that I'd done this time I'd went out um, was fine. And then it was when I came over the start line and that hill going yeah. up and I could feel it a bit and I totally pulled back that lap. And uh yeah, I knew that I had, I think I was four weeks away or, or maybe more than that. I can't remember. I wasn't too far away from Glasgow and Edinburgh as well. So that that was my main goal. And this was just about, you know, meeting everyone, having a good weekend. Um, so, yeah, I kind of switched them out. And I thought would, if I had to do this, I'd find it very difficult. But I think because of the camaraderie that was around everyone anyway and how good that, you know, the likes of Rachel was doing and, and Mike who were doing on their own that I thought, you know, I'm just going to switch and I'm going to be there for a support for them. Mm-hmm. So I think it was still being part of the team and, you know, able to do something that, um, that yeah, I was fine. And, and you know, Jamie and Nick were doing um, what they wanted to do and they both done amazing as well. And I, I think for the, the amount of laps that we've done in the time was still good as well for, for it being the three of us and, you know, me pulling out with I think it was only six laps that I'd done so it um, wasn't a huge amount but it was a, it was a brilliant weekend even though the <laughs> the weather wasn't exactly in our favour no the weather, the weather was a wee bit rubbish um, but you're right I think Jamie Jamie's times his first two yeah. laps I, I think were still up within I can't remember exactly but it was like the, like top 20 fastest times or something daft he just absolutely flew it but no with, with yourself Nick and Jamie you stayed in contention for a very long time, even yeah. even after you, you made that well-informed decision to say, no, no, enough is enough. I've got to look after myself for, for Glasgow to Edinburgh, but also I've not exactly treated my body well from the Great Glen's perspective. Um, would you say then that you might have a score to settle with the 24? And is it something that you would maybe come back to tackle again as a solo or in a different category? Oh, um I'm doing a 24 event this year, but it's not Loch Ness. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had planned on until, I don't know, just a couple of weeks ago, um, having a chat with my coach and having to really think about what I want to do this year. Um, so I'm go- I'm doing Glenmore 24 this year, okay. which is two weeks after. Um, I'm actually only planning on doing um, two races this year. Um, in, in total, last year I done, you know, quite a bit. And uh, although you're saying yeah, the, the Great Glen, and then on it to um, the Loch Ness Twenty Four. Actually, two weeks after Great Glen, I done the Blades Fifty K as well. That's right. Yeah, I knew which, there's another one. Yeah, which um, wasn't the brightest idea, but I really wanted that spinny medal. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I was obviously uh, with they two under my belt so close as well. Um, yeah, I, I had done. I did do a lot last year, and then at the start of the year, I had my first DNF and with my my meniscus, my knee, and I was coming back for that, and I ended up having a great year that I loved. But I think it's time to, you know, pick these two big events, and I'm going to have um, a proper go at them. So yeah, the the Glenmore Twenty Four just I I loved the route at Loch Ness, and if I was just doing it or more of a fun type thing again, then it's exactly where I would go. Um, and it was a great weekend we had. But for my own sort of goals, um, mm-hmm. Glenmore's, the, the route's better for that and for better for me to push um, the mileage. So, um, so yeah, that that's the plan this year. It's also about exploring somewhere different and, and seeing more yeah. sites and getting more events done. Glenmore does look good. I know Lorna tried to secure a place after the 24 last year because she had such a good time that she thought you know what let's see let's try Blaga space um so i know she was very keen on that as well so no it looks like a great one and fingers crossed the weather this year 
in that space of time is 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 a marked improvement on what we had last year. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Anyway, I mean, I don't uh, like if you look at the weather at um, Glasgow Edinburgh this year. It was biblical. The rain. It was. I've never ran anything like it. Um, of course, yes. And, and I had my best race that I've ever had um, at Glasgow Edinburgh. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. Um, I think it kind of fuels me a bit as well when it's when it's not great. I've I've, I've worked out that I like extremes um, of the weather. I suppose that's why I've started looking at the spine as well, which I never thought I would. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I think it would be okay. It's just I think it's harder in that type of event where. You could, you know, it's it's twenty four hours, so you're, you know, you're going slower, spreading out over that time. Whereas at Glasgow Edinburgh, I was nonstop. I, I was, you're lucky if I was thirty seconds in the pit stop and I was away again, mm-hmm. um, and I, I managed to to keep moving. Whereas I, I think that's where a lot of people went wrong on on the day. Um, they were stopping and getting cold because it was that wet. I was fortunate enough I could I could keep moving, but I think yeah, twenty four hour events maybe. A bit different, so hopefully, fingers crossed, it will it will be good. Because this year, well, last year, every single race I had, it was terrible weather. So, surely can be any worse than that. What you're saying is you brought the terrible weather. Then you're well, the bad luck side charm. Possibly, possibly. I, I think <laughs> yeah. Every single, I think it just got worse and worse. Great Glen was terrible. Blades was as well. Well, it wasn't too bad, but it was wet. Then. Yeah, we, we know what Loch Ness was like. And then Glasgow Edinburgh was horrible. And then... Actually, if anything, Glasgow to Edinburgh was worse weather than what we had at Loch Ness. I know it was pretty unbearable how, how much rain we got in such a sh- short space of time, but it didn't flood nearly as much throughout Scotland as it did the weekend so, of Glasgow to Edinburgh. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad, the flooding Um yeah, I, I don't think I've ever ran anything like it before. There was a lot of bits where you didn't know where the canal was finished and you know the path was starting. It was, it was great. And then the, the guy that won it absolutely smashed the, the the record as well. And I've no idea how he managed to do it in that weather. It's just amazing. Um, the poise of keeping him cool. Because you you ran such a like an amazing time though. Are you done with Glasgow to Edinburgh or is that something that you, you, you want to go back and do in the future? Was it kind of always have a place close to your heart or like I say, are you now done with that and say, I set my time, I've done a phenomenal job? Yeah, I, I'm not sure to be honest. So when I done it the year before, I thought like when it happened, I had a few things that went went wrong and that I think that was the first race that I'd been sick in as well. And it, it just didn't go well for me. I was still happy with my time, um, but I knew that I could do better, so I signed up pretty much straight away. And then after it, maybe a week or two, I thought, why Why did I do that? That's not my kind of race. It's very flat, mm-hmm. um, and I like being in the hills. I like that, you know, getting a bit of elevation and, and on the, the trails as well, and this is pretty much all tarmac. So, yeah, I, I actually wasn't as up for it as I had been for a lot of other races but then as it got closer to it my competitiveness just kicked in anyway and I was I was really looking forward to it um, but yeah so it, it's not exactly the kind of races that I see myself doing you know the thing with ultras is they're, they're so they're, there's such a breadth of different ones you know you've got ones that are 30 miles about 50k to ones that are days and days long ones that are on tarmac, other ones that are in mountains, you know, it's they're so different. Um, and I'll see myself running the the more hilly ones, and I, I like I'm liking the seventy miles now. You know, next year it's going to be a, a bit more than that, and I'm hoping I feel the same with that. So I'll never say never. And I think just with how I felt through it, and um, when I was speaking to Kaz after it, she was trying to get out of me what you know where I went to in there, and she spoke about me being in this bubble, um, and it it's exactly where I went to, and I. When I'm out in long runs or the the ultra Glen Oval I had after that, I was always thinking about going into that bubble. So I think it'll always be that place in my heart and in my head that I'll go to as well. But whether I'll run it again or not, yeah, I'd, I'd never say never. But at the moment, I don't, I, I don't see it. Maybe if you need a slightly easier one for the the big medal, if, I think I'm pretty sure that's part and part. Yeah, like you say, it's part and parcel of it. So yeah. maybe that's a good way to finish it of yeah, an easy one. Be, yeah, yeah, that's true. 
Right. I'm going to try to draw things slightly to a close now, but yep. I also I wanted to mention something. We, we briefly spoke about it before our press record, and uh, we've mentioned your your background in uh, dietetics and as a dietitian. And it's something that I noticed at the Loch Ness 24, and I thought having family who are diabetic or uh, have hypos, et cetera, and they're really bad at keeping a track of their own levels. You were wearing a, a monitor, and I think everyone at some point of the in, in the weekend said to you, didn't know you're diabetic. And yeah. you, you the same response, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just a little bit of background um, on something that you would uh, tell a, a, a patient to wear, or advise a patient to wear, so you're kind of more informed about the different ones on the go. Did you find, and are you firstly, are you still wearing one of those? Um, but do you did you find that benefited your kind of overall knowledge of not only your profession but also your fitness in in general and and what worked and what didn't and what helped and and also what what didn't help? Yeah, so yeah, so that that particular device that I was wearing was called the Dexcom, but I'd wore um, Libra as well a couple of times before then. Um, yeah, and they were so I'd started a, a new post in May, um, and it's a split post and half of my post is um in diabetes. So it's mainly with um type one diabetes um that I work with and I do the education program for people that are newly diagnosed with type one. So they all get well in our board anyway, they all get these these devices, these Libras. So um so yeah, you're right. So I, I was wearing these for Basically, yeah, so I could help them, you know, if they're asking me questions about it or, you know, so I can show them how, um, you know, the app works or how to put it on or, you know, there's things that I found out from wearing them, you know, the best position and, you know, things that can happen with them. Um, I had one on for like an hour at one point and I walked through a door and ripped it off, which wasn't <laughs> great. Um, so, you know, the little things like this that I picked up from wearing them. Um, but, yeah, that it was quite interesting. So we had spoken a bit about that, that we were doing two laps at a time and I had done six. And the first, so I wasn't looking at throughout. I thought I'll just look at after and, and see what what it's like. And through the first two sets of two laps done, it, it was fine. Um, as you said, you know, I was eating so much then as well. You would think there's no way that I can go down low. Um, and and I wasn't. I think I was probably sitting around the five millimole mark, which is is good below four as a um, class as a as a hypo. However, obviously, I'm not. I don't have diabetes, so that it, it's technically. You know, you wouldn't treat it. You wouldn't be worried about, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't have artificial inserted in my, uh, artificial insulin inserted in my body. Um, but yeah, it was interesting that that final lap, although we had already said, you know, with my Achilles and things, that I wasn't um, great with that, and I did pull it back, but I also pulled it back because I felt quite flat during that last lap. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to go back and have a look and that I was actually technically in a hypo, so I was below four that last loop as well, um, which I found very interesting. And, and I sort of wish, you know, seeing that after, that was one of the things that made me want to go back out more than just my own competitiveness, but just to see what happened there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was very interesting though. And, it, you know, the things that I've, I've spoken to people, you know, working things about that as well. And they're saying, oh, did you eat enough? And, and you know, as, as you know yourself, I, I ate a lot. And it, and it was a lot of carb heavy food, like you say, there was a lot of pot noodles, and you know, I had you know, there was bread in there, and you know, there was loads of things that I was eating through there that was it was pretty much all carbs, you know, a bit of protein yeah. in there as well. But, um, so yeah, it was very interesting, and I, and I think that it's difficult. These and a, and a lot of these things are coming into the sporting world as well, you know, these they, they're the same, pretty much the same sensors, and they are very interesting, but it's about what do we do with that data? Like, what could I change with that data? And I think that's where we're not quite at yet mm-hmm. um, for that side of things. And and I don't have a lot of experience with the sports side of things. Like I said, I'm a clinical dietitian. Um, but yeah, I, I just find it all very, very fascinating. And it's something I think that is going to be coming into our sport more and more. But um, but yeah, from my side, my point of view for um, my patients, it definitely helped me to, to help them more as well. You're not still wearing it, no? Uh, no. So that was the the last one I wore, actually. Right. Um, so yeah, I'd wore a, a couple of them before that, um, and then that that one at that point, um, I had that for a couple of weeks, and I was waiting specifically for then, 
um, to wear it because they only last a certain amount of time. The Libras last uh, 14 days and that one that was wearing the Dexcoms 10 days that it lasts. So, right. um, so yeah, yeah, you have to constantly change them. Um, so, so yeah, no, not, not wearing it anymore, but I might at some point, you know, if there's new things that come out, then, then we try these things and if we want to. And, and I'm always really interested in trying all these different things so I can, as best as I can, understand a little bit of what my patients are going through to, to help them a bit more. Yeah, because that's, that's one of my notes and I, I mentioned to you beforehand, you don't hear doctors trying all the medication they're prescribing to their patients. You mentioned there, though, though you do see more and more athletes wearing products that are very similar looking. They might be a, a, a an off grey or a black opposed to what you see a, a someone with diabetes wearing, which is usually white. Um, so would you then be more inclined to wear one of the sports ones just, just for your own knowledge or is, is it a, you know, you've done it, you're like, well, I, I've, I've kind of got what I can get from it and, and you're yeah. happy with that. Yeah. More of, more of the latter, I think, to be honest, that like I mentioned a little bit, you know, again, you know, I'm, this definitely isn't my, my field. I'm not a sports dietitian, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's very interesting to see this data. But I don't what I've looked at anyway at the time. I, I couldn't see enough out there to to show what we would then do with that data. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like how it's different. You know, I, I can work with a, an athlete that has di- diabetes that is insulin controlled, and I can you know help them with that side of things to 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 adjust things and and help them when they're they're exercising. But with people that are that don't insert, you know, insulin. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know what what we do with that and how we can change it. Um, I, I just, yeah, I don't think there's enough, um, enough information out there for that specific, you know, especially with, you know, like say, endurance athletes. And if if there is, then yeah, we definitely spark my interest. But um, but at the moment, no, I think, um, it's it's more of a for a. Yeah, for my own interest, you know, when I was using it for running, but it's more for a, a for me to be a better clinician, a better dietitian, really. You've maybe got going to get yourself a wee niche there now, getting uh, diabetic uh, ultra athletes coming to <laughs> coming to call at your door. I, I would definitely be interested in that. I've, I've had a few um, people that that play different sports, but I've I've yet to have an endurance athlete. So yeah, that would definitely be interesting. Oh, that would be mental. Yeah. Right. So we, we we we'll just we'll do this last little question now. So you've you've obviously said there's there's very little on your calendar for this year. You've got your your two main goals, and and that's it. But you you did kind of allude to you've got a a plan going forward. Is that something that you you kind of have formulated and you're happy to to kind of share a little yeah. bit more, or is that still quite kind of foggy in in, in the whole ether? No, yeah. So, um, so the plan for this year, anyways, I, I go into the West Hill and Way Ballot. So that's the big one this year at the end of June, and then, like I said, Glenmore Twenty Four. I also have, um, I am volunteering at the Cape Wrath Ultra this year in May. Nice. Um, so the plan is probably a year earlier than I wanted to, but the year after, do the the Dragons Back. Okay. Um, yeah. So the plan was to do West Hill and Way this year, and hopefully again to the Lakeland One Hundred next year, but. Um, I think they're they're a bit too close to Lake Under 100 and um, and Dragons Back, but that's something else that I'd really like to do. So that'd probably be the year after. Um, so that's kind of the next three years. My my big races anyway. Um, obviously, it might might not work out that this year's obviously set. But um, and then with doing the, the Cape Wrath volunteer this year, it's most likely it's going to be um, Dragons Back next year, which. Is my it's the the big one that I really want to do. Like I, I thought I didn't never thought we'd do it this early on, but I feel like um, by that point it's probably a good time. Yeah. Um, I think we'd have had a good. I'm, I'll have what five years of running under my belt by the time it gets there. Um, as long as I, you know everything keeps going as the way it is anyway. Um, can't obviously predict the future, but no, um, exactly. But but yeah, so that that's. Yeah, that that's pretty much the plan for the next couple of years. And like I mentioned a little bit as well, I never thought I would look at it, but there's something about the spine that <laughs> I feel like I might have to do. But I, I think that's way down the line, but probably at least another five, six years away, I, I would think. So, so 100 miles is the current A goal, and then anything beyond that is is just 
a bonus. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, because obviously the Western Way is just short of the hundred miles. Yeah, um, and then doing the Dragons back the next year is well over that, but it's split over days. Um, and it's you know it's one of the toughest races about. So that that will be a, a really tough. Um, That'll be more of a mental and physical battle. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, oh, but the the route just looks amazing. It's yeah, it's that race that I've seen, you know, back at the start when I go on elk running. I thought one day I, I'm I'm going for that. So so yeah, I'm really I'm hoping that things go go to plan and and I can finally tick that one off. Um, that's that's yeah, so. good to hear, man. That's like your version of London. Everyone has their race that is yeah. the one they look forward to when they eventually get to do it. So no, yeah. that's that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, it's my my sort of Everest, I suppose. It's that yeah. that big that big one to climb. Um, so yeah, that that's the next next few years. Hopefully, if if that's the way things work out, anyway. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. Well, spot on. Um, I think I mentioned your handle anyway, but do you want to share where people can find you on Instagram and maybe as well your your coach again, just to kind of get her a little bit more airing? Yeah, so my, my Instagram is Gary on, underscore runs underscore um, and my coach is, so it's the Wild Heart Runners. Um, if you look at Minster, they do a lot of, um, you know, runs just for anyone. You don't have to be coached by them, um, and and they're they're brilliant. We had there's a couple coming up on the sort of West Helen Way route as well. If anyone's doing the you know the fling or anything, um, and yeah, so it, it's Karen Nickel, um, and Debbie Martin Kinsani. That's that's the coaches for them. Um, so yeah, definitely give them a follow. And if you're looking for coaching, I, I couldn't I, honestly, I couldn't say anything highly enough for us. She's she's amazing. So, um. Yeah, look them up. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Gary. That was that was really good to kind of get more of an understanding about everything that he's has come before and also what's gonna be in the future. Yeah, no, no, it's great. Thanks for having me. I get that you have to really enjoy Hills Trails and the physical self-abuse to be an ultra runner but you can really hear the love for it all in the way that Gary talks about the events that have come before and those on the horizon. There are some amazing event medals already hanging around Gary's neck, but there are more to come. All the best to Gary for the big two this year, and hopefully I can get a meet up with the big fella himself at some point as well. A shout out to Gary's coach, Karen Nickel, and to Debbie Martin-Kanzani over at the Wild Heart Runners, who must have heard Gary was bigging them up as they, funnily enough, dropped the show a follow earlier this week as well. Alas, it will be three episodes of Ultra Runners in a row with my guest for episode five. You'll get more on that on Monday. It's just a quick sewing of the seats for those who like to guess who might be the next batter up to the plate. If you have liked what you've heard today though, the best way to support the podcast is to do what you've been doing. Download, stream and listen to the show. A quick share with your family and friends or a share on social media alongside a tag back to the show's page wouldn't go amiss either. They're just two of the free ways that you can show your support for what I'm doing. If you'd like to show your physical support for the podcast, well, you can do that by purchasing a t-shirt from our merchandise partners over at Twisted Running. All proceeds stay with Twisted and help them grow as a brand and continue to provide valuable collaborations with running groups and podcasts like myself. The quality of their product is top-notch and As I said last time, I'm not getting paid to say that. I do use my own money to buy the show's t-shirts and I only have positive things to say about the ones that I've already bought. You can find a direct link to the Twisted 99 page on our website, thepoint99podcast.com or by googling Twisted Running. Dropping them a follow on social media will also be a great thing to do to find out what they've got going on. The show is available on all major platforms. So if your friends and family don't like using Apple or hate using Spotify, there is always going to be an alternative for them. 
You can also find every episode streamable on our website as well in the inbuilt player on the episodes page. Finally, we're on both Instagram and Facebook. Just search for The Point 99 Podcast if you'd like to follow what I'm doing over there. If you want to get in contact, you can always leave a comment on any of the posts. You can email me at thepoint99podcast at gmail.com or you can drop a direct message to either The Point 99's page on Instagram or to my very own page, Mr. Underscore Steve Underscore Runs. But that is it for today. Thank you as always for tuning in, not for myself, but for the guests who are giving up their valuable time to come and speak to me. I hope you have a fantastic weekend and the week between now and episode five. Until episode five rolls around, I hope you stay safe, enjoy your runs, and you will as always hear from me soon. <laughs>